Welcome to the MacCast. This is a podcast that seeks to bring the church world and the art world closer together. My name is Matt Anderson. I want to thank you for joining us for this episode. We invite you to please subscribe or follow this podcast. And if you're on Apple, please give us a five-star review. It really helps us out. And if you do, I promise to bring over my delicious tuna casserole. And if you would like to advertise on this podcast, you can inquire by writing me at mattcastworld, that's all together, mattcastworld at gmail.com. Well, we're, uh, we're going to do an interview today. In fact, I am on location. This is the first time uh, I have left the safety and comfort of the loft and uh, am in a different place. I am not too far away. Uh, specifically, I am at my brother's church. Uh, here in Talmadge, Ohio. Uh, my guest today was so difficult to get a hold of, uh, but we managed to uh, make it work and get through the five layers of security firewall that have been placed here at Bethel Church. And uh, he, uh, he's been pastoring here now for 21, almost 21? Almost 21 years. Almost, almost 21 years. It seems like 40, though. It's, well... <laughs> I'm, I'm sure your people would love to know that. No. It's gone by like that, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, they're great people. They are. I, I just preached here recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I still have a job. And they're still nice. here. Yeah, that's good. That's better than the last time. I know. Uh, so we are going to have a conversation today um, about preaching. And I, I have not done this yet, uh, even though this is an art form. By the way, I do believe preaching to be an art form. And there is an art and a craft to putting a message together and to uh, delivering it in an interesting way. Um, It involves a a lot of art. Um, Sometimes I wish more people saw it that way. Uh, Specifically, though, under the heading of preaching, we're going to talk about a specific style of preaching, uh, which is known as expository preaching. But here to help me do that is my brother and a man who's been in the ministry for 32 years. 33 now. 33 years. Yeah. And, and it seems like 63. <laughs> and again, <laughs> your denomination would love to hear that. Uh, Phil Anderson, my brother, welcome to the MattCast. It is so great to be here. Thank you. Yes. Uh, what an honor it is to uh, be able to kind of break in to the greatness that is the podcasting world. Well, and, uh, and no better than with the great Matt Anderson. I always tell people when I'm on the road, I'll say, uh, uh, by the way, last year, I'm very unique. Only me and two billion other people started a podcast. <laughs> Last, well, last year. If you think about that, though, that's really only 30% of the world's population. If well, you think about that. Okay. So, well, there's... So you're still in the minority. <laughs> it's true. I, Mom always said I was special. Oh, she did. Well, <laughs> we're going to go... We're going to talk about expository preaching. And whenever I do talk to... I, I'm careful to, to have this conversation with certain people. Uh, because many of our colleagues don't necessarily practice this. Yeah. Um, and uh, before we get into trends and all this kind of thing, give me a very unofficial, non-textbook 
definition of expository preaching? What is it? Kind of a non-textbook definition, I would say, is just uh, rather than having a topic and trying to throw scriptures together to kind of figure out what your topic is, um, or, or to, to affirm your topic, maybe that's a better way of saying it. Rather than doing that, you're kind of dissecting the scripture and saying, okay, let's, let's see what this says. And, and your topic actually arises from that dissection of the scripture and, 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 and just seeing, you know, okay, this is where, um, you know, this is where this verse is going and this is what this person's doing here. And, and really just analyzing and breaking that scripture apart. I, personally, I love that. And um, so that's how I would define it. Yeah. And it's taking a very defined chunk of Scripture. Yeah. And um, we're now going to expose, expository, we're yeah. going to expose this yeah. to the congregation. Um, I, I know a lot of preachers feel it to be limiting because as opposed to 1,189 chapters, <laughs> you know, from which to choose material. And, and, and topical, I would say, is the, the most popular Sure. Style of our day. Um, and there are occasions when topical, is, you know, if you're preaching on the second coming. Yeah. Or communion, you know, yeah. you have to kind of go to different places. Well, yeah, I've kind of evolved there a little bit, too, because uh, it, it used to be that I was nothing but expository. But but there, there are times, you know, again, as you said, I've been with this church for 21 years. And, and, and again, I've got a I've got a really great church and. Uh, kind of getting the DNA uh, figured out of my church and the mindset of my church, sometimes there's, there's, there's moments that I have to kind of uncover a topic that uh, it might be very timely because of what's going on in the world, especially. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, or, you know, sometimes, you know, you just happen to be on a passage that speaks right to where we're at at the time, which is really cool. But mm -hmm. But I think there's room for topical preaching as well. Now, mm -hmm. for, for me, and I know you were kind of tongue-in-cheek when you're saying that, you know, how limiting it could be. <laughs> um, in all honesty, I mean, the, the, the Scripture is so powerful. Mm -hmm. And so to unpack that and, and to cause somebody, maybe somebody who's been sitting in the church for 50 years, to cause somebody to, to look at a Scripture and say, I never saw it that way before. Right. I mean, to me, that's a win. I mean, that that's wow. I I I genuinely I, I get a lot of satisfaction from that there because that happens to me when I study it that way. I can't wait to convey it, and yeah. uh, and I want other people to see what I've discovered uh, as I've been tearing this thing apart. Let, let's talk through some of the benefits of expository preaching, um, <clears throat> and we can just kind of even go back and forth on that. Uh, you know, what, if you're a week-in, week-out preacher, and those of you who are listening to this, who have never, who've never preached, you're, you're in the pew. Um, I know some of this can sound a little inside baseball, but I think it's important to understand that there really is an art and craft to what we do in the preaching arena, uh, and there are different ways of going about it. And oh. I, I just think it makes yeah. our folks more educated yeah. to know this. But what, you know, the hardest thing, if you're a week in, week out preacher, is what am I preaching on? Yeah. And 
you can spend 75% of your time just figuring out yes. what's it going to be. Yeah. And um, as opposed to if you're going through a book of the Bible or if you're going through a set, uh, like I, I've done a set series on a topic yeah. But every message under it was expository. Yeah, exactly. In fact, that's probably my favorite yeah. thing to do is like I'll, I'll create a series. Uh, l- like right now, I'm doing a series on the parables of Jesus. So as we record this, I've, I've already done two of those messages. And um, in all honesty, I'm not sure how many more I'm going to do because there's like over 40 to choose from. Yeah, I mean, right. But, but I think that is that's a great way to go because... You've got that umbrella, okay, uh, uh, here's the miracles of Jesus, here's the parables of Jesus, uh, and, and I'm going to choose some of these to really elaborate on, and, and let's see what spiritual truths we can grab from that. And it's been, it's been a great journey already in this series for me, and, and uh, uh, the, uh, the, the reception that we've gotten here at the church has been tremendous. So, so that is probably what you just described. That's probably my favorite uh, type of expository preaching is that. Yeah. And you can, <clears throat> you know, if, if you're going through a book of the Bible, that's super ideal yes. because you kind of know what's coming. Uh, but even if you plan out a series, for me, w- whenever I would do that, I would have all of these, all of these sermon titles I would usually start with that or an idea of, of where we're going. And then they were just like these jars that were sending out. And then as I'm watching television, as I'm going through my daily routine, as I'm whatever, you'll pick up on things and you're yeah. like, oh, that's going to be, I need that. I need that story for that message. Yeah. You know, so you can kind of put things, so it's not, it's not as if you have to start from square one every week yeah because you've got this whole thing mapped out and you know okay we're doing james but chapter three is about the tongue so yeah you know when i run into a situation where yeah know? yeah use the word map and i think that's uh that is very appropriate because what what this kind of preaching does it gives the pastor the preacher the communicator it gives that person a direction then so like you said rather than starting at square one every single Whenever you start preparing, uh, instead of having that, you know, <laughs> here I am with my open Bible and my blank piece of paper and a pen, and I got nothing. Yeah. Uh, at least you have gotten past that then uh, by having a direction, and uh, it, and that is so fulfilling. It really is because you know, I mean, I, I know what my direction is going to be on Monday morning. Yeah. And uh, and that that's. And of course, I've got other things. You know, I've got a, a midweek Bible study. I might be preaching somewhere else during the week, but you I might know. have to do a funeral. Exactly. Might, yeah. yeah. So I so I know that by Sunday, when when it comes to preparing for Sunday morning, I know where we're going to be, and that is a that that's a great feature, I believe, a huge advantage of expository preaching. And I think when you teach like that, one of the great benefits is you're showing your congregation, this is how your devotional life can be. Yeah. Because when you're doing devotions, you're not, chances are you're not bouncing all over the scripture. Right. Uh, you're just reading through a chapter. Yeah. And But when you see the effort, and you do this so well, the way you can mine, M-I-N-E, 
uh, on a phrase and you pick up just three words and, and you just hold it up and say, now look at that. And you would have just buzzed right by it. Exactly. You know, otherwise. And so it, it, I think it makes the Bible really comes to life and it shows, you know, and then I think it me- makes people read more carefully just in their own devotional life. You get to press the pause button a little bit more in your devotional life and in your sermon time when you, when you approach Scripture that way. Because, you know, when, when you, you know, maybe you take a look at, uh, you know, I, I just did the Good Samaritan uh, this past Sunday mm. in this parable series. And so when you, when you take a look closely at that story, okay, like you had teachers of the law going to Jesus, or a teacher, an expert in the law, actually, is what it was called, going to Jesus mm. and saying, how do I get eternal life? And, and then he, he himself rattles off the answer, and Jesus says, you know, okay, great. And that, well, who's my neighbor? So then Jesus tells the story, and the hero of the story <laughs> is a Samaritan, okay? Right. And, and just, to, just to camp out on that, the, the least likely hero in their eyes would have been a, a person from Samaria. Yep. In fact, two of the villains were just like the guy that asked the question to Jesus, a teacher of the law, a Levite. They passed the guy who was hurt on the road, and, and, and then a Samaritan comes, and he saves the day. And, uh, and, and really just to, especially stories that we've grown up with, you know, you and I are church brats. And mm-hmm. so it's so easy because we've heard this. It was ingrained into us when we were little that, you know, we've heard these stories all of our lives to kind of pause and say, whoa, okay, there's more to this. And normally I would just fly by this. Yep. Uh, th- that's, that's a beautiful thing about this kind of teaching and preaching. And you can, <clears throat> excuse me, you can spend a few minutes talking about expert of the law. Yeah. Right. You can just take that phrase and be like, think about this folks, you know, whereas, well, we've got a lot of ground to cover. So, you know, um, you can, which again, devotionally that can happen. Yeah. And it's to the point now where if I read, if I read something and my mind's just bouncing all over and I stop and I go, I got nothing. Then I know I got to reread the passage yeah. slower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slower. And and I would even say that you know for those that are listening that, you know, you might equate the quantity of scripture that you read for your personal time with mm. spiritual maturity. Yeah. Uh, I would say get over that quick because if, if you can have a moment with the word where one phrase one verse leaps out at you rather than glancing over 72 verses and just so you can kind of fulfill a, a moral checklist to say, whew, okay, you know, we're good. I read my Bible today. Right. The checkbox. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, man, I, I, I got to believe that the Lord would say, you know what? I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather you read a book of the Bible a year if, if you're going to read it and it, penetrate your heart rather than just trying to gobble up chapter after chapter just to fulfill some goal. Right. And, and, and it can be, it could turn into more of a pride issue. Yeah. And look what I did. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. Know. Well, okay. And, and maybe that was fed to us when we were kids and we were getting, you know, stars and cookies and, yeah. fr- and free Bibles for doing that. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean... And, if, and cookies are good. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to contradict you on yeah, that. Absolutely. If, if there's... Um, 
And some people can really retain information quickly so that maybe they, they can do the read the Bible through once or even twice in a year. God bless you. Um, whatever the pace is, you know, and really that starts at the pulpit. Yeah. If, if we can really show people how we as preachers studied that passage, again, it really, I, I think there's a lot of, maybe it's subconscious, but people suddenly realize how, oh yeah, my pastor did it this way. Yeah. So I wonder, oh, look at that word, you know? Yeah. And so what it takes to do expository preaching, uh, let's talk about that. Okay. Because um, again, it's a very different, uh, it's a very different situation from other, other modes of preaching. Um, what are some things that you try to keep in mind when you're working with a passage? Uh, when I'm working with a passage, I want to keep in mind uh, several things. So this is in no particular order, but at first I would say who who the listeners are going to be. Okay, am I am I dealing with you know just regular ordinary people for example and uh and and what do i want them to uh, you told me one time that once in a while you would write the word so what when yeah. you were preparing your sermons yeah. and i think that's such a good practice and, and so oftentimes when i think of that crowd it's like okay so what i mean literally i have i have like got my my points together and everything and there's like well Okay, so yeah, I mean, what? How's this going to help them Monday? Yeah, if we're doing a competition on the best sermon, then it's great. Yeah, but and 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 I think it was Doug Fields that said that sometimes we're guilty of um, of preparing sermons that impress our professors more than mm. touch our people that are listening. And mm. so I so I catch myself there sometimes. Um, uh, so I, uh, the, the big thing I, I want, I want a picture in my mind through, obviously through the Holy Spirit's help, what are these people going to take with them and how are they going to live this out on Monday? Mm-hmm. That's a huge thing for me. Mm-hmm. Number one. Um, I, I put a lot of organization into my message. Now I'm smart enough to know now that not everybody is going to retain every single point that I preach. And, and I am known for alliteration and my people laugh at it, but it's kind of our joke. Uh, even my youth groups knew this. So, you know, if anyone's listening that saw me as their youth pastor three decades ago, I'm still doing it. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, so I alliterate a lot of my points, but I do that, um, very much so for their retention. And, and so if they know that there are three points that start with C that they can, at least digest and apply to their lives, mm-hmm. then it makes it a little bit easier than just throwing out a, a lot of random words for me. So okay. I'm very much about trying to figure out some way, albeit wh- whether it's a clever way or, or whatever, but it's a creative way, since we're talking about being creative here. Uh, I think the creator of the universe very much is all about seeing us be creative with the presentation of the gospel. And so I think that being able to give uh, people uh, a, an easier time to be able to know and remember God's word, I think that's a win. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, uh, you know, and there's so many resources out there uh, that, that help uh, as far as, you know, kind of getting down to the 
you know, what's this word mean if, if you want to get into original languages or stuff like that or commentaries or customs. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't use other people's stuff. Um, I might might steal their artwork, but, uh, <laughs> but I love it when he kids like that, just in case anyone is listening. Yeah. Yeah. The federal. Yeah. Government. Yeah. Lo- <laughs> love you. But, uh, yeah, I don't like using other people's stuff. Now I'll make my stuff available to other people to use, but I, I'm just, uh, I'd rather it really come from my heart more than yeah. some website. The, uh, one of the other interesting, upsides of expository preaching. If you're going to preach through a book of the Bible, <laughs> you're going to have to preach on hard topics. Yeah. Because, you know, the good the thing about topical preaching is you can just be like, happy, 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 yeah. joy, joy, joy. This is fluffy. Yeah. <laughs> and here's Paul saying, I don't allow women to teach in the church. And you're like, oh, we're not, okay, let's just skip past that one. <laughs> You know, but it forces you, it forces you to dig, it forces you to look into what was happening in Corinth when he said that, you know, all that stuff. And it forces you, uh, I I think too long, we we do have a number of topics that we just don't talk about. Yeah. And we're meant to have the whole word, um, even if it's, even, you know, Leviticus, you know, uh, because there, there actually is gold in that, in that stuff. And, and yeah, grabbing on to historical context. The great thing is when you're doing, uh, let's say you're doing Philippians. Yeah. And so you usually in sermon one, you're setting, here's the date that it was written. Who wrote it? Paul, where was he? Prison. Yeah. And so you've got to build in context now so that when you go to sermon number two, all you have to say is, Hey, don't forget, folks, Paul's in prison when he writes this. Yeah, when, he says, when he says rejoice. Yeah, and joy. Uh, at all times be content. Who knows how many times. He's used it more than any other letter. <laughs> and he's in jail. Right. He's not at the Hilton, people. Right. He's in jail. Right. And man, yeah. I mean, that. talk about perspective. And you don't have to spend... Uh, you know, I, I try to have a rule in every sermon. I'm not going to do more than one Bible story. Because sometimes a Bible story can illustrate another Bible story, which yeah. is, it's fine, but you just have to spend all that time building the scaffolding yeah. to explain. Now, you know, now you're explaining two things. Yeah. Now, if they easily mesh together, go for it. Um, but it's hard, it's hard to do that because you can't assume everybody knows who Jonah is. You know, like you could just allude to that in the past. And say like Jonah, right, folks? You know, and now that's, you got you could need another ten minutes. That's to a huge. That's a Jonas. huge point. That's huge there because when you and I were growing up, I mean, I, I think it was safe to say that like everybody was pretty familiar with with the Bible when they were if they found themselves in a Sunday service. I don't see that as much anymore. There, there's. I want to say that people are biblically illiterate uh, because. If anything, that might be an indictment on the church, but that's another yeah. podcast. Yeah, or on us. Yeah, exactly. You know, but, more specifically. But but I I've learned to stop assuming. I think that's another thing. Yeah. Is that you know I I can't assume that people know who all twelve disciples were. Right. Uh, if I ask, okay, who's Peter's brother? You know, someone's gonna say Noah. You know what I'm saying? Right. Sure, yeah. Like, uh, David? Yeah, sure, yeah. And right. um, yeah. as we all know, Paul built the ark. And and so you've got... Uh, <laughs> no, that was Joan of Ark. Uh, that, oh, that's right. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> 
Doesn't she have a podcast too? I think she does. Um, and, and, and so, yeah, I, I've, I've learned not to assume anything yeah. with our listeners, uh, with my live crowd. And now here we're in this hybrid thing. Okay. So, so not only am mm. I trying to convey a message to a live crowd, I'm also conveying a message to people that are watching me on a screen. Right. Which I was not prepared for coming out of Bible college. None of us were. No, that wasn't a thing. And so, unless you had a television ministry, yeah, right. And and if that was the case, you also had a white suit, right? <laughs> and, uh, and, and yeah, you were on some Christian television station. Yeah. That was the only that was the only way you did it. Some yeah. did radio too, or public access, and it was just awful. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and so here we are because of this pandemic that hit us a year ago. You know, we're I, I've got this hybrid model now every Sunday morning where I've got an online congregation that has to hear this message. I don't even know who's watching. Right. And so I, I do know that I've got people that are unchurched. And so that's why they're watching me to begin with on their screen. And so talk about not having the comfort of assuming that people know what a Bible story is or isn't. I mean, that's a very real thing. And that's not a knock on those people. That just, there's a greater responsibility. And I would even say a greater opportunity for us in our preaching to remember that we're conveying a message now, not to, you know, X amount of people on the seats, but we got people that are watching us on their laptops and we got them watching us on our smart TVs and on their phones. Mm -hmm. And they may not know a lot about this beautiful thing that we call the Bible. Yeah. And it's, it's a wild opportunity right now. Yeah. You almost have to take a very adult like children's church. Yes. Approach. Yeah. And just imagine it's for the first time for yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. And again, this. that's not, and, and no way is that demeaning to the listener. If anything, it's fantastic that we got people right. listening here that otherwise would not even be connected in any way right. to the church. But again, this, you know, that provides a whole new set of challenges. I, I think there is a, there's a difference between being simple and being dumb. Yeah. And uh, there's, there's a little, I'm going to be kind, there's a, there's a lot of dumbed-down preaching Yes, that's going on. Simple doesn't have to mean dumb. Yeah. We, don't, we don't have to insult people's intelligence. Because yeah. I, I think, you know, you get what you preach to. Yeah. And, if, and I think it's okay if there's a word or two they haven't heard, as long as, you, you know, it's germane to what you're doing. And, and like the word germane. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Jermaine and I had breakfast together before uh, I uh, came Tito over here. So that was in my head. Yeah. Uh, but, but exactly. So it's, it's okay for people to be challenged yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, don't show off your education or anything, but yeah. uh, it's okay for them to understand a theological term. Yeah. And just say, now when we say, uh, when we say Christology, or Christology. Here's what we mean by that. Yeah, you know? and it. I think people love that. They're like, oh, cool. I. I feel like I know something very few people know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and I am so with you on that. Simple uh, doesn't mean dumbed down at all. Right. It doesn't have to be insulting. Uh, in fact, I would even say that it's it's a sign really of your intelligence as a communicator if you are able to simplify something that can be pretty advanced to understand and. Uh, that's where the Holy Spirit comes in to, uh, to be able to help you to do that. But I, I can't stand dumbed-down preaching. Right. I, I think it's... I think in topical, you have to work that much harder yeah. to, you know, to really juice it up a little bit. 
in expository, you almost have to be careful. If you're really into expository, you have to be careful that you don't get too head in the clouds. Yeah. Because you can get so lost in the passage yeah. that the stuff that, you know, made your eyes brighten would make others roll, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's knowing yeah. what to bring from what we personally learned from yeah. the passage. Uh, but you've, you know, we've kind of given them something to, um, to hold on to. Now, every time they read that scripture, something's going to trigger in their mind that yeah. reminds them of that message. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't just kind of a drive-by, we grabbed that verse, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the guy that works at Home Depot really cares uh, what the Greek uh, word was. Not that we avoid those things. No, but certainly I just not. Don't, I just don't camp out on that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we're and, not... We're not doing that six times. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's a little overwhelming, then, I think it is. But I heard a recent message, and I'll I'll use the name here, Robert Morris from Mm. Gateway Church in Dallas, who I think is one of America's great preachers, Mm. because he makes it simple. Mm. I think he has this ability um, to make you feel like you're sitting on the front porch with him. Mm. But he's a theologian. Yeah. And he knows he knows the languages. He knows Greek and Hebrew and stuff. But you would never know it yeah. from his presentation. He just is so approachable. But he did a, a message recently that blew my mind. <laughs> and he did a, a message on repentance. Hmm. And he goes, uh, so and he asked his church, what do you what do you think repentance means? And every you know you could hear different people saying things, and it was kind of the typical. Uh, that it, you know, there's a turning, there's a change of behavior, there's a, uh, and he goes, I'm about to mess up your life. It's none of those. Hmm. He goes, now, this will lead to those things. He goes, if you look at the Greek word for repent, it's to change one's mind. That's awesome. I never knew that. Hmm. And I, I think it was kind of a hand-me-down thing that we've all just said for such a long time. I've yeah. said it ad nauseum oh, yeah. over my preaching career. And then I'm like, oh, I don't believe him. So I went online <laughs> and I looked it up. And I'm like, bam, there it was. Wow. And I'm like, wow. And because when we change our minds, then there's a turning, then there's yeah. a change of behavior. And I thought, wow, you know what? And then I, I went back and I'm like, yeah, when Peter says, when the crowd at Pentecost says, what shall we do after they've heard this convicting message? Yeah. Peter says, repent and be baptized. Mm. According to our definition, that means you better fix yourself up, mister, yeah. and change your behavior. Yeah. Which. No, that's not the gospel at all. Right. It's you need to change your mind about who this Jesus is yeah. and what he's done in your life, and then things are going to really start happening. And I, that's, that's using language. That is so powerful. That is a perfect example of that. That is fantastic. Oh, my word. It was, I love that. It was so good, and I've been still camping out on that weeks and, later. And that's what you want, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you want to create those moments. Um, thankfully, you know, he, he didn't going to seven or eight other uh, Correct. Greek or Hebrew words yeah. because it wasn't necessary there. I mean, he, right. there you go. You have just wrecked uh, a lot of thinking in a good way mm. and, and really shown what the truth is. And it's the truth that sets us free. So that's yeah. brilliant as far as I'm concerned. Totally. Wow, that's, yeah. that's great. Do you, um, why do you think... Why do you think um, some pastors just avoid expository. Is it just they never learned how to do it? Well, I, I think <laughs> I, I, I need to be careful well, here. Um, <laughs> There's uh, a word floating in my head. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> it, I think it takes a lot more work. Yes. So, um, so I think one reason could be not for everybody, but one reason could be laziness. Mm -hmm. um, uh, please, if that offends you, I'm sorry. It's not what I'm trying to. I just, I just, I've met enough lazy preachers to know mm. that uh, their sermon is the furthest thing from their mind. Mm. Um, but I, but I, I think that, and you just said it. I don't know that everyone's been trained to do it. Um, and that may speak to our pursuit of higher education right now. You know, can you, oh boy, if, if, if you get bad emails for this comment, I'm sorry. But, you know, mm -hmm. can you show somebody how to preach online in an online class? Maybe you can. I don't know. But, but uh, in all honesty, when, when, uh, when I see people that are kind of fast-tracked to getting the credentials that they need and the education that they need. That's one area that I get a little concerned because some people can, I've just seen a number of people take verses out of context yeah. and, and uh, convey messages that they just, that's right. not the scripture saying at all. Well, how many, you know, how many, you say that? How many ways can we do? I know the plans I have for you incorrectly. Oh, very much you know, so. Cause you've got to look at, and again, when you just pull that out, yeah, you know, I can um, do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Right. Okay. Excellent well, example. Fly. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. Unless you look at yeah, unless you look what at he's saying before and after. Yes. And, and, and that's the job. That's the spot. That's the danger. In topical, we don't know what got said before and after. It's just on the screen. Yeah. And and we're like, yeah, that's right, Lord. You know the plans. Well, of course he knows the plans. Yes, right. Because he's God. But um, that's not what was happening in Jeremiah. Right. Um, let's, let's let Jeremiah tell us his yeah. story of woe yeah. of being a prophet. Yeah. Um, well, how about, you know, I, I, I sat in a service and heard a preacher who was angry because kids were running around in church and, uh, people were getting up and walking on Sunday morning. So, wow. so he made a Sunday morning service out of it. And his text was, they will respect my son. It, it was it was the it was the parable of when oh when the owner of a land sends his son to be the manager yes yes okay. and they'll respect my son if I send him and 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 that was his basis for not running in church and or, who was or, the son uh, I uh, was the preacher the son no the preacher was Jesus oh so so totally but yeah what was the the guy preaching it saying he was. I don't know. Oh, so that he's saying they need respect for God's house, exactly. not for him personally. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. But that was <laughs> nothing of what that scripture was saying. Sure. And it was just so, I, I was just, I was really brokenhearted when I read that. I thought, how in the world? I mean, how lazy is that? Yeah. I mean, it just. It's self-serving. It, re, it is really what it is. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, this is not some ordinary product that we're, that we're handling here. This is the living word of God. And as preachers, we have a responsibility to handle this thing correctly. God forbid that we would take something out of context just to make some self-serving point come true. Yeah. I don't think God's pleased with that. That's usually what happens just before a church split or a nasty departure by the pastor. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's just say I have 
some experience in these matters. Sure. <laughs> you know, because yeah. I would walk into situations. Yeah. And and help a congregation through. Yeah. Uh, but any because the word can be rather than a sharp two-edged sword, it can turn into a blunt instrument. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's not the purpose at all. You know, I I was pretty. We were doing a James series. This is when I, I had a young adult group, and we got to James three one which is every pastor's like not favorite verse. And that's where, that's where he says that we who teach will be judged more severely. Yeah. And after I said it, I went, yay, me. It's true though. He's going, because there's a few sermons I'd like to get back. Sure. Oh my gosh. If you do this long enough. Yeah, I mean, uh, 33 years I've been doing this, right. and uh, hopefully they're not recent. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, hopefully there were more when I was in my 20s or something. But. Yeah, exactly. But and and of course, God's so merciful, and sometimes He works in spite of us, and I'm mm. so thankful for that. But um, yeah, I I take that verse seriously, man. I mean, mm-hmm. I really do. That's huge. And yes, that doesn't mean I'm always serious. I mean, those that know, the Anderson brothers know that we have a lot of humor that we incorporate into everything we do. But even that, I think, is um, part of the art form yeah. of, of preaching, is knowing when your sermon should make them laugh and knowing yeah. when your sermon should make them cry. That kind of paraphrases what Jeannie Mayo said one time. Mm. And um, Look, you, you, you use your personal gifts. You know, if you're not funny, if you're listening to me and you're not funny, okay, don't try to be funny. Yeah. <laughs> Please, I'm begging you. Right. Don't try to be funny. There is nothing worse to watch than a preacher who is not funny try to be funny. It's, yeah. it, it's like watching a bird with a broken wing trying to fly <laughs> and, and the well, cat yeah. and the cat is approaching it, well, it just yeah. it's awful they heard a good they heard a great joke at a conference oh and they're thinking i'm going to do that one on oh Sunday. this one will kill it oh you killed it <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah and there's so, no resurrection yeah so mm-hmm. if that's not your thing don't try to you know d- right uh you know why do you tell jokes all the time because i'm kind of a funny guy and that's the way god wired me it's the way god made me i'm yeah. not a super serious guy all the time but why not use the personality that God's given you? And if that's not how you're wired, okay, that's fine. Right. Uh, there, there's, uh, we need people to balance each other out. Yeah. <laughs> that's, well, and it's the whole, and I'm probably going to do an episode on this at some point. There's the whole finding your voice yeah. thing. And part of that, you know, for you young preachers out there, it'll take a few years to... Um, t- to rid yourself of those who have affected you, yeah. Even no matter how good they are, yeah. You know, I mean, but if you try to be TD Jakes up there, it's it's going to be a mess. And but you know, even though you got something out of his messages, it takes a while to kind of eliminate the people who influenced you, yeah. Even if it was your youth pastor or your senior pastor, yeah. You got to be, you know, you got to be you, and it, it takes a while to find your voice in that. It really does. You, you mentioned T.D. Jakes. He's he's my all-time favorite as far as communicating. He is theater. I, is I what mean, I, I call it. It's theater. It's incredible yeah. what he can do. Uh, I love him, uh, and, and and he really does find. 
And again, he like he'll grab something from a passage. Yes. And he'll make a mountain out of that. Thing. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it's in, amazing in a masterful way. Yeah. And uh, I think that's even beyond his delivery. It, it it's uh, that what you just said. Yeah. That, that he can do, unlike most others uh, that I've listened to. Mm. Um, but, but having said that, if I try to go up there in a cobalt suit on my, sure. <laughs> on my you know, on my Sunday morning service yep. and, and try to imitate that, well, that's not what God's called me to do. No. You know, I, you know, and I've been in, influenced by like a T.D. Jakes at times or a, a Maury Stout, who is my homiletics uh, professor mm-hmm. at CBC, uh, huge. Uh, 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 Doug Clay, who is our general superintendent and and a person whom I admire greatly. I've been I've been influenced by all these people and 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 you know others, uh, but I can't go up there and imitate Doug. I can't go up there and imitate Brother Stout. I, it's God's given me that voice mm-hmm. and. Uh, and he's given me that personality, and he's given me this particular style. And I would not expect anyone to try to imitate mine either. Just really try to find, you know, embrace your influences, but, you know, again, find your own voice. How are you handling the Psalms? Well, you did a Psalm series, did you not? Or, well, you're doing a Wednesday night. I'm doing a Bible study right now on the Psalms, yeah. Yeah, that's, I, because that's not a let's go straight through the book. No, not at all. Type thing. Not at all. Uh, and I think a I've always... It'd be a three-year series. Yes. Well, in three chapter 119 alone, yeah, yeah. right, would be a three-year. Uh, but it's, you know, from there you have to kind of select. Yeah. Because they're all separate pieces. Yes. There's not a There's not a cohesion yeah. as in um, yeah. an epistle or the Gospels or yeah. anything like that. Um, what makes you choose, though, a series? Uh, that's an awesome question. I... And if you're if you're asking about Wednesday versus Sunday or just Sunday, we'll go with Sunday. Okay, uh, a lot of prayer. Number one, uh, number two, I try to find what Andy Stanley did last week. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Download I'm, it. I'm kidding, people. Um, <laughs> a lot of prayer, a lot of thought, and really just trying to get the uh, really just trying to say, okay, God, what what do we need to hear? What will speak to um, our people. And, um, and, and, and to be honest with you, you know, again, I don't want to come off contradictory. I do like to see what other preachers that I admire have done as far as a series, uh, like, you know, maybe someone else did something on, uh, the seven churches in revelation and, uh, which that's a series I've done twice Mm. in my 20 years here. Uh, or uh, I, I did a series on Joseph. I did like a biographical series on, on mm. Old Testament Joseph mm-hmm. and what we could learn from that. And so sometimes I see some some ideas that some other preachers have done. I, again, so I, sometimes I don't like them. So, you know, I just kind of, well, okay, that was good for them. Mm. But, you know, 20 years, I know my people. And so that's another thing. Um, is I have the luxury of having been here for two decades plus and being able to um, get a read from what our people are in need of hearing. Not necessarily what they want to hear, but what they need to hear. Sure. And so I bring all that to the table with the Lord. And I say, okay, God, um, what are we going to do here? And, uh, and sometimes that answer comes quickly, I'll be honest with you. 
And sometimes it comes a little bit slowly, and I need to dig in a little bit with him. And, and uh, so, honestly, that, that varies from series to series. But I do love when I get into a series, especially at first, because it gets me that direction again. Now, here's what's funny about me. I get a little antsy at the end of a series. Mm. I'm, 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 I, and I don't know why. Maybe it's just because I'm getting all these ideas of sermons that I want to throw out there <laughs> that I haven't been able to. To continue the series? Or no, for other, no, totally. For new ones. Totally okay. outside the series. Okay. And I'm like, eh, okay, you know, I got I to gotta get through Philippians 4. You know, and, and it's uh, not got to get through, but, but uh, right. you know what I mean. Well, that's it. Right. I mean, that's how, that's how it can be for a preacher, though. Yeah. You can be like, oh, okay, uh. Yeah, so so yeah, but I. But you don't want to just get through Philippians four. That's right. Sure. Yeah, especially Philippians four, and so I, I gotta I gotta be patient. Realize that you know God's taking me this way, and then and and then sometimes I'll have that next series before I'm done with the the, the current one. Yeah. And uh, so really, it's 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 honestly been all over the place. But I, I cannot minimize how important it is just to seek the Lord on this one and have him lead you somehow some way mm-hmm. to that moment to that idea that that he can really that he can really um just uh expand in your mm-hmm. mind and 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 I for me I know that happens because when I when I come to that point when I finally got to the parables and I've never done a series on the parables of Jesus but when I got there it was like yes there it is there was mm-hmm. that peace there and I could just sense the wheels turning uh, in, in, in that I get in this creative mode. And I'm a creative person. I love to create. And so when, when I'm in that wheelhouse, it, it, that's when I'm at my best. And when God puts me there, that's when I know, okay, this is where I need to be. So that, that's, that's where it is for me, at least. So as far as the takeaway goes, um, to those who, or those who have been doing this a while, and maybe they've kind of drifted away from expository preaching. Um, we probably we want to make an appeal to try it again. Yeah. If you're if you're younger and you're just kind of newer to this thing, I would just say find. Uh, usually, the uh, narrative books are a great place to start as a preacher. Yeah. You know where there's stories. Yes. And then you can build on the story. Uh, so whether it's a, a miracle of Jesus, just find a passage you like and then just grab your shovel and get in there and and read it through 24 times. Break that thing apart. Read man. it out loud. Yeah. Um, there are things that I've done it all in my head. I've written a sermon. And then when I actually read the scripture to the congregation, something hits my head. Yes. Yeah. I And can I just throw that out there? There have been moments where my joke with uh, with my church is, hey, that was free, by the way. Yeah. And so there, there's the sensitivity to the Holy Spirit that while we preach, and, and again, you know, I haven't really talked about delivery as much as, you know, expository is pretty much the preparation for this and, and putting it together. Right. But as you deliver this message, there may be moments that God just speaks to you and drop just what you said. Drop something in your head, and, and and that's just you know that's the Holy Spirit. And obey that because I've had moments where I've said something like that, and I'm, and I'm like, where is this coming from? Yep. You know, is this a rabbit trail or what's going on with me? Right. And and uh, 
and it turned out that there was somebody yep. either online or there was somebody in person that had to hear that. Mm. And so anymore, I just, I just trust the Lord that much when it's time to preach that when that, that comes, I'm going to obey. And I think that more likely happens when you're doing this, when you're doing expository preaching. Very much so. Because you're so into the material, yeah. you know exactly where you're going with it, that I think it can gear your mind a certain direction. Yeah. Not that it can't happen in other kinds of preaching, right. but when you're so laser-focused on Ephesians 1, that something can happen. And you're right, that's the prophetic uh, exactly. element of preaching. Exactly, yes. That, that, you know, it's the whole... The Holy Spirit individualizes the message yeah. for everyone in the room. Yeah. And, you know, we, every preacher has stories like this. I had a woman come up to me one Sunday night and say, wow, pastor, what you said tonight about gambling was so powerful. And that word never came out of my mouth. <laughs> never did. And, and, but that's the power of the Holy Spirit. And totally taking something and individualizing it yeah. for someone who needed exactly you know, and th there's no other resource if i can if i could almost belittle the word of god by calling it a resource mm -hmm. there's no other instrument or resource that that can happen with right. than the word of god and and that's the beauty of expository preaching is that i'm not i'm not conveying an idea yeah and it's not our thing it's God's thing. Right. That's, I think in, in topical, we have to be very careful yeah. that it's not about, well, here's what I think about it. Uh, exactly. Well, if we're just looking at a passage, the Bible is saying itself yeah. what it is. We're just catching up to the train yeah. and just saying, oh, did you see that, folks? Yeah. You know? Well, you know, on Sunday morning, I'm the, I'm the same person that I was Monday through Saturday. Mm. Okay. So sometimes Monday through Saturday goes pretty well for me. Other times, Monday through Saturday doesn't go very well for me at all. And there I am on Sunday, and, and if I have, if I have uh, uh, dug into a scripture in an expository way, I am more likely to stick with what the Word says right. than, than interjecting maybe my moods. You know, maybe mm. there's some people that are sitting alive that I'm a little ticked off at. Sure. And if I'm not careful... Yeah. You know, I could, you know, well, there's a topical sermon for you. Yeah. You know, gossip, <laughs> uh, you know, you. Yeah. Oh, you know. yeah. Reactive preaching. That's yeah. And, and very boy, dangerous. That's, that's so dangerous. And I think yeah. expository preaching really keeps you from being reactive. That's good. It keeps you within the guardrails. Yep. And you're like, oh, that's right. That's right. We're talking about what Paul said. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. Not about an anonymous letter I got in the offering. <laughs> right. You know? We're not here to exact revenge. Which I don't read, by the way, just <laughs> so you all know. So. Um, as long as there's tithe to be looked well, at. That's what, <laughs> you know, I know we didn't get anything. We just got this letter. <laughs> Unless it's an IOU, I'm not interested. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll put a, a period there, and um, hopefully that's something to think about. But again, if, if you're not in the ministry, you know, just be praying for your pastors, um, <clears throat> because they, they have a full life to live, and there's crises happening all the time. And I, I think the enemy tries to use those things to affect <clears throat> our preparation and being able to deliver the Word of God in a very timely and interesting manner. So pray for your pastors, because... You know, the enemy knows uh, the power of the Word of God because he knows how to pervert it and twist it yep. to get it to his own means. So he doesn't want it 
uh, the dividing of, uh, of truth to happen in the pulpit. So make sure to pray for your pastor. Don't, please don't, don't do the, hey, listen to this podcast, you know, get everything. I mean, I don't know, maybe it helps me, but it doesn't help, doesn't help them. At least subscribe, at least subscribe. There, yeah, just say, hey, you guys should subscribe to this podcast. Uh, but just pray for them because pastors are really, the warfare is intense. And, um, and can, can I just add to that? Yeah. Those of you who are the quote lay person in your church, please know that your pastor is working harder right now than he ever has in his life. Mm. And I'm not joking. He, he is dealing with things that he was not prepared to deal with when he came out of college. And the emotions that are in our country right now are huge. And the feelings that are out there in our people are enormous, and we know it, and we know it, and it's hard to deal with. And we are working harder than ever to try to please Jesus with our ministry. And your prayers mean more, just as my brother just said, your prayers mean more than you realize. And let him know you're praying. Yeah. Let him know in a good way. Please. Yeah. You know, I'm praying that your preaching gets better. You know, that's okay. That's not a prayer. Uh, let him know that you're praying. And, and, and I mean that. I mean that. Let him know that you're praying. Those words are golden yeah. to your pastor. And if it works, you know, if it's convenient, pray over them in the moment. Yeah. It's, pastors rarely have hands laid on them. And pastors rarely hear prayers prayed over them. Um, especially by people in their church who, you know, you have that relationship. Yeah. And that, that means, oh, my word, it was, you know, when, whenever my, my kids or anybody as a youth pastor, if they prayed over me, I was just a mess yep. <laughs> in all the right ways. So yeah. um, that can carry a lot of power, too. So absolutely. Um, be sure to do that. Uh, Phil, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. It was fun. And we appreciate uh, you for being a part of the Matcast. Uh, we invite you to share this with a friend. We'd love to expand our MattCast family. If you have any questions or comments, uh, you can email me at mattcastworld at gmail.com. mattcastworld at gmail.com. Our theme music is by Sound of Fusion. This has been a production of Monumental Ministries. For more information about our books and resources, go to mattministry.com. Thanks for having me over. I had a wonderful time.